Definitely. The community has been very responsive. I want to say this is the very beginning. We have a pretty strong community support. You know, obviously, like all businesses. So for those listeners of you that want to start your business, they want to start your own business. You know, it's always family. It's interesting that family always responds. You know, there's uh, it's it's friends, it's your community that ones that are really gonna kind of take that one first step into into the journey. Back at Latin Next Station, I'm your host Sal, along with my co-host Carla and Melanie. Don't forget about Melanie. Hey. We are here with Melanie. She is joining us on this podcast today. We have an amazing special guest, and honestly, I'm so excited. I'm hyper. I'm about to drink a whole bunch of coffee right now. Yes, so yes. hey, this is gonna be interesting. It is. It is. I'm excited. Yeah. So we have a few shout-outs for you guys today. But first off, I want to thank you all for listening and keep supporting us. Thank you for everything you do for us, and we'll just get on with it. So, first shout out of the night is uh, our uh, kids project. So what that means is Los Primeros Niños project that we're going to be having for the uh, elementary class in Guatemala that uh, Melanie and um, Carla's Dia Blanca, that she's the teacher for that class. And they've been going through a lot of hardships just because there's not enough funding for the school. And uh, the kids, they really like struggle and in the past, we helped them out with like trying to get them desks and school supplies. So we're trying to do something similar like that where we're trying to get them school supplies, sanitary supplies, and like possibly even books for them so they can start reading during class. And just any other supplies that can help them like at least give them hope and like for their dreams in the future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be first graders and it's going to be 26 or... I might have that number wrong, actually. I think it might be 26 or 36 kids. I think it was 36, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to try to prep 36 sanitary packages for the kids. And uh, what we did a little bit last year was mosquito repellents, um, sanitizer, uh, wipes, uh, like things like things for, for the girls as well, for like sanitary products for them. Yeah. Uh, we did books, coloring pencils, uh, what else? What else? Some t-shirts, stickers, little knickknacks like that. And uh, they were super excited about it. So, But that was actually for another school in, um, in where was it? It was up north in Guatemala. But um, the one we're doing today, this this month, is going to be in Esquipulas. And like I said, he said it was for my aunt's school for yep. her first grade class. So, And it's an ongoing project, like I said. this. Right now, we're just trying to raise the $400 to buy all the supplies to get to that point, and then whatever is extra that we raise beyond that n- number is going to go towards windows, towards um, towards the building, just because a lot of water is getting into the classroom, destroying the desks that we've like helped them raise funds for two years ago, and yeah. uh, which is a bummer. Like, it's it sucks, you know, because they're having to like scoop out the water yeah, in the middle exactly. of class or yeah. just cancel classes. And it's like, and it's, it's tough because you know. It's, these, most of these kids actually want to go to school. They want to learn. Like, they have yeah. that desire. Yeah. And, like, for that to be kind of taken away from, like, just the environments that they're in. Yeah. And then just government in general, like, doesn't give up what they, like, promise these kids, you know, whether it's school supplies, funding for the classes. You know, my aunt, 
um, has had to step in as a the director, right? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is like it's stressful for her. Like I know she was having like a panic attack a few months ago because she was having to take over all these like classrooms, and it's like. 36 kids for first grade is already a lot for her. Like, imagine yeah, exactly. taking over, like, 157, I think, in total of kids. Like, I don't know how she's doing it. But, it's like, um, no support. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the project we want to shout out. Yeah, guys, please, uh, if you guys can help us out with any funds, any, uh, any supplies that you guys have that you want to donate, uh, we have a PayPal, a Venmo, and also uh, we can give you guys contact info if you guys want to deliver stuff like personally. And uh, we have the information on our Facebook page, which is Strong Nation, and we have it on our Instagram, which is Latinx Nations. And uh, we're also working with uh, Kayla Sorensen. Yes. You know, your girl Kayla. My girl. Yeah. My girl. You can you can follow her like on her YouTube channel and also. Yeah, she posted a video. She posted a video talking about the. Uh, the project so if you guys need any additional information go ahead and check out that video uh do you know the exact name of her channel Ooh, uh vida chapina vida chapina yeah okay so it's pretty much similar to her instagram account which yeah. is vida da, da chapina yeah go check vida it out chapina. so we'll guys, put it on the description just in case yeah we're gonna i was about to say that yeah thank oh, you sorry i took the words out of your mouth nah you can take as much as you want i'm no i'm talking super fast right now <laughs> But hey, um, that's how it is here, people. We're real. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our first shadow, and also our second shadow is for Estelito Coffee because Estelito, yeah. we're recording this episode in Estelito Coffee along with our guests, and I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. But this is Capuya. Uh, no, 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 no. How do you say it? No. I, keep, I keep messing <laughs> up. I keep messing up. Wayua. There you go. You see, I'm everywhere right now. So I'm so sorry, but hey. So take the coffee away. Take the coffee away. <laughs> yeah, we're kidding off. It's all good, man. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, I met these guys at the cupping at El Celito Cafe a few weeks back, and I was super stoked to meet you guys, because uh, there's there hasn't been many farmers that I've met here, um, or that are from El Salvador and Guatemala. So I definitely was like, we need to get these guys on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank so, you for having yeah, us. Yeah, so if you want to give a little intro of your guys' individual selves. and uh, uh, Sure. Well, my name is Linda Gonzalez, and uh, we're from Café Coyua. And um, we started Café Coyua with my husband. Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> um, about over two years ago, right? And, and it came out of just... Um, the necessity to help the family farms in El Salvador. Um, Huayua is actually the town where my dad is from. It's really historical. Um, his family has lived there for many, many generations. It's in the western side of El Salvador in the Departamento de Sonsonate. And um, so we started this as a, uh, I think like it's the last resort, right, to help the farms in El Salvador. And so we we said, like, why don't we bring the coffee, you know, directly, you know, seed to cup, like, yeah. from El Salvador to LA. And so here we are, you know, with Cafe Huayuma promoting and sharing and our story as a family and yeah. just our history and, and the beauty and, and the hard work that goes into producing coffee year round. Okay. 
Yeah. So definitely. both of you guys are from El Salvador, or I've heard that you're from Guatemala. Right? I, I was born in Rumor Guatemala. Is, okay. <laughs> but but, 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 this, but disclaimer: I have uh, my great grandma used to be from Salvador. Okay. From Cincinnati. Oh, so wow. So I have uh, two point five percent blood Salvadorian. <laughs> oh, you have the point. Right. The point. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I have come to love and appreciate yeah. Salvador as well. Yeah. So yeah. I I think nowadays I spend more time in El Salvador than I do in yeah. Guatemala. Aunque ahorita están peleando, ¿verdad? Los países. Oh, no. I know, that's true. <laughs> What else is new? Juntos, pero no hermanos. I, 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 we're a firm believer of iron sharpens iron. My boyfriend, he's from Belize, hey. and when I first met him, he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm dating a country that, like, hates me, and I'm like, what are you talking, I didn't know, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm, right. I'm over here oblivious, and he's like, yeah, Belizeans, like, like aren't loved by the Guatemalan culture, and I'm like, oh, well, I like you, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, looks like you and I have a change. She's dating me. Yeah, I'm like, Salvadorian, Mexican. Mexican. Oh. <laughs> But see, I hear that's an American thing. Yeah. That, oh, that is that true. Salvadorians <laughs> hate Mexicans. That That's just an American thing. That, oh, that they made it up. Yeah. yeah. Like here in America. Because like, in El Salvador, they don't even really like sit here and like hate up on just Mexicans. <laughs> I think like in general, like all countries in the world kind of have beef with their neighbors. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's the thing. I mean, we did an episode on that, right? Back then, like, of who hates who and who, I think we who's, like, friends with each other. It. I don't think we did an episode just on that. No, it wasn't just on that. It was, like, I think it was the one we, we did before, like, the historical series. Probably. We were talking it was talking about, about like, like, different cultures. Yeah. And, like, all in Latin America. So, right. Yeah. But, That's a lot to dig there. A lot to dig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, it sucks, you know, they're all, even us here in the U.S., it's, there's just so much commotion and just everywhere you go, right. no matter where you want to, like, I, I think about it sometimes where I'm like, I would love to, like, retire and move to Guatemala and, like, live on a farm out there and just do whatever I can over there, right? But then I tell my dad that, who is living in Guatemala, he's like, why do you want to come over here? Like, you know, it's tough. But then I tell him the same thing, like, why do you want to come back here? Like, it's tough over here. It's, you know, it's right. like, where where do you find your balance, yeah, you know? It's always an exchange, right? Like, there's yeah. always something you gain and you give up in either situation. Yeah, yeah. So how did you guys meet? How did you guys come together upon this, like... This whole uh, endeavor? So, um, so, yeah, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was about 15 years old. So that's when I stayed here. Um, Then uh, we met at church, so we're uh, in our Seventh-day Adventist church, and that's when we met. So ever since, I think early 20s, we started dating and then eventually got married. And uh, I didn't know that I was actually marrying into coffee. So without realizing, uh, what you are is, uh, I have to say that it produces very fine coffees. You know, I, I don't remember that the amount of people, uh, amount of farms that basically won the Cup of Excellence this year. That they all come from Apaneca y Lamatepec, which is a pretty well-respected region. Mm -hmm. Which in, is the volcanic mountain range where our farms are. Right. Okay. Right. okay, okay. So that's that's something that, uh, it was kind of like, you, you just realize, wow, there, there is, uh, there's something beautiful that can be done here, right? Yeah. Uh, so once we realized that, I think it was like, like Linda mentioned, out of necessity for us to be able to survive yeah. as a family, you know, be able to have 
provide some sort some sorts of you know just return of investment on mm -hmm. on the on the money that was that was and continues to be invested in in in, in, in El Salvador in those farms. Mm -hmm. So it's a family effort. Definitely, yeah. it's a shout out to 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 my brother-in-law Victor and uh, my father-in-law Luis and my suegra of course uh, Lulu and Jackie who are together with us we decided to kind of like take this it's a project yeah. we see it more or less a project to yeah. finance and to be able to to bring this um, this venture forward and it's it's super challenging but hey we have no we, we just have to we just have to keep uh, keep keep going and and really sharing. Uh, the experience, you know, and the and the realities of of coffee to to the to Los Angeles, an option for yeah. coffee roasters, an option for for, for for obviously for the customers, for them to see the 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 impact that buying a cup of coffee can actually do back back in origin, right? Yeah. So uh, cutting as much as we can from the fat in the entire process, obviously value chain. It's they all it's all effective, but there are parts where obviously we can optimize, and that's what we're working with. You know, be able to optimize everything from the way we bring the coffee, the way we, we store it, the way we go about just the whole business here in the in LA, trying to watch always where we can do things different and creatively. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's so, a process. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm oh. buttoning it over. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's a process within itself to try to trim the fat, like how you said of like trying to bring more optimization into like how to import it, how to export it, and also including like their family. Like, mm -hmm. how, what kind of like challenges does that bring upon them when it's like, it's not just like, oh, we're working together. It's like, no, this is actually family coming together to do this. Right. Yeah, a challenge, uh, it's always challenging to work with family, I think, because it has a whole different set of dynamics than, let's say, a coworker that, you know, you, you don't really share that connection with. I think a specific challenge that we encountered was that, um, like, my tagline, like, on our website is, like, we're third-generation coffee producers um, preserving ancestral land. So what that means um, is that uh, for the longest time that we've been producing coffee as a family, we've just taken it to the mills, like, um, sold it um, in, in cherry. Um, and so learning... Uh, that might seem like uh, uh, so. There's a there's a lot of steps. So um, in any other typical farm, it's like you pick the fruit, whatever you're producing, um, then you take it to market, right? The, the interesting thing about coffee is that um, you pick the fruit and then it goes through an extensive process. Yeah. You, know, you have to take it to the mill um, to decide what process you're going to do, dry it, then Cleaning. mill, um, right? You the pulp, you mill it, you dry it, you know, all this process. And so we had to learn um, to do all that, you know, because for the longest time we would just grow it and, you know, sell it to a coffee mill, you know, and they would give us the price of um, cafe nuda. That's yeah. how you say in El Salvador. And so that has been like one of the challenges, right, to understand all those dynamics, to get into kind of the networks that, um, or the places that have all these resources. Um, and, and learning to push the coffee right all the way to market and sell it here. So um, as a family, it's been a great experience just to learn like all of the rest like of the chain, right? All of the different layers now that um, we need to go to bring it to market. So it's a, it's a, it's um, re-educating, right? Our, uh, not only ourselves but the people around us to appreciate yeah. a cup of coffee. 
Oh, and the second thing was that um, we we were like we were going to step into the specialty market, or at least you know, because we were like, wow, you know, we have the opportunity to, to really provide a great quality cup. And so, um, for the longest time, the philosophy in coffee countries, at least in El Salvador, was like quantity. You want to grow a lot because that means you can disperse your cost throughout like all the different habits, right? Like the more yeah. habits you have, the more coffee you pick at the end of harvest, the more the cost spreads, um, and the more you can return. And so it was a little difficult to like have um, our family back at origin, like um, appreciate. I guess that would be a good word. Yeah, understand the, the concept, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't because they, quality over quantity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a concept that's hard to apply to a lot of things to our yeah. the generations before us. You True. know, and it's like I, I I try to explain that to my parents or even family when I go to Guatemala and, and I bring coffee from here, which is interesting, right? Because it's like Guatemala produces as well really yeah. great coffee, and I've taken coffee from like Raising from Rose Park coffee, here, yeah. and they're like. What, what is the difference between this and Folgers? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, this is good. This is you too expensive. You know, like, and so it's definitely, yeah, that's a concept where yeah, I think in overall, it's hard to really like put on it. I've come to find that question has become so offensive to ask. Which one? Like, how can you compare this to Folgers or Starbucks? It's like, hold on, there's like a whole other level that we have to talk <laughs> right, about. Right, right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hurt feelings. But <laughs> every now and then, if desperate needs call, like, no, actually, never mind. No, 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 I know you. No. You don't know that. I know you. <laughs> never mind. I'm like, I don't even know the last time I saw Folgers coffee. Uh, no. That's cool, though. Um, so, how long has this project been going on since? That, wanna, you, that you guys picked it up. Yeah, I want to say maybe since November of 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, we finally made the decision to to jump in and, and literally bring that coffee directly, you know, mm -hmm. direct farm, mm -hmm. farm direct coffees here in LA. Mm -hmm. So it's been, a, it's been a, like Linda mentioned, it's an it's always an ongoing, ongoing learning experience. You never stop learning, yeah. especially in, in an industry like coffee. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing that how much you can learn, you know, but in every step, in every step along the way. Yeah. So yeah. definitely, the community has been very responsive. I want to say this is the very beginning. We have a pretty strong community support. You know, obviously, like all businesses. So for those listeners of you that want to start your business, they want to start your own business. You know, it's always family. It's interesting that family always responds. You know, there's, uh, it's it's friends, it's your community that ones that are really gonna kind of take that one first step into into the journey so uh, I think that that was uh, obviously our case too you know it was intimidating at first just to think well you know like um, it's a completely different industry than, than the, what the two of us actually went to school for so it's it was kind of like completely something new but um, the expertise comes as you know you prepare yourself every day to, to, to new questions arise you know you just keep learning and, and doing what you need to do yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a process and everything. Right, yeah. So um, that's crazy, though. I thought you guys were on for, like, a good, solid, yeah. maybe a little bit more than five years already. Oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, I yeah. mean, I... It's been a, I, it's been a steep, uh, high-rate learning uh, 
learning experience. Yeah. I think it's the coffee, probably yeah. speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, in April I went to the coffee expo for the very first time at, yeah. in Boston, and I remember I landed, so I took like the red eye, and it was like landed around six in the morning. And from there, I went to the expo because I was volunteering. And so I remember just all day without eating. I like I ate, had a granola bar. I think I had a granola bar, but it was just like all day because there was just like so many things that I had to like volunteer for. But then I kept running into people that would just feed me knowledge and these lectures. And I'm like, oh my! And I don't know if it was just like the high of just the coffee that I had been drinking all day because you have a lot of coffee at expo, um, or if it was just you re when you really love, when you fall in love with the industry, it's you're not stopping. It's like you, it's a growing industry, and it's hard to like really say, you know, when I'm satisfied and comfortable here. It's like no, there's always something new. Like especially with all these like processes that you guys have us over here on the on, and we'll put a picture. Everybody that's on listening, um, give us a little bit of what I'm looking at. I guess on processes. Because that's sure. what I'm seeing, right? Right. So sure. Um, so uh, specialty coffee. Um, you know, I think with uh, I, I think don't quote me on this. Uh, people would definitely with more experience will know better than I do. But um, they de definitely uh, there has been uh, obviously a an interest for different processes of coffee, right? So you have a wash coffee, well traditional, how they will historically call it in El Salvador. So Salvador, uh, I think at one point came like the second biggest uh, coffee producer. I'm not sure in Latin America or in the world. Don't call me on that, but uh, definitely was one of the big hitters. Okay. They had an institute. They had a research center. And it's in its in its one. It, yeah, great, great stuff. And it was its major export. It was its major export of Salvador. So they most most likely produce uh, wash coffee. With uh, the third wave coffee, as we know it, obviously the, the appreciation for a natural dried coffee and a honey processed coffee came about. And obviously you have other processes that are coming out now with the different experimentations in different farms in El Salvador as in other countries in Latin America. So, um, so we process right now uh, honey process, my favorite, uh, natural, Linda's favorite, <laughs> and, and, traditional, and traditional, which is our both both favorites, you know, definitely. Uh, so that's what we produce. Uh, we have uh, two small lots. One of them, it's a talk. I don't know how detailed you want me to go into, but as, uh, just for appreciation, yeah, uh, yeah. the farms, uh, the higher the altitude, uh, the denser the coffee bean will be. It allows for development of sugars and, and uh, also add, uh, add, um, oil acids in, in that in that specific coffee bean, coffee cherry, different varieties, whatnot. So we have one at 1,200, 1200 meters, Las Lluvias, and uh, we have La Montaña at of over 1,500 meters or so. So we definitely are able to produce all strict, strictly high-grown coffees from El Salvador. So, um, so yeah, it's really cool. So. Each of one, each of one process will give you a different profile of, of flavor. So that's what you see. Obviously, uh, the farm, our farm team is uh, our uncles. Uh, that's that's your team. Yeah, is our team right here. So we have our, our team, uncle, aunties, and uh, relatives, extended relatives, and some friends that we can trust because, as you know, the social situation in El Salvador is pretty tough. Uh, you know, you cannot just trust anybody to come yeah. and work in your farm. Yeah. You kind of want to trust people that you know you 
have people that you can trust. Definitely. Yeah. So we are always very careful as well, you know, with all that security situation in El Salvador, which highlights the importance of of actually being uh, an agency of change in, in El Salvador. And I think that me, I was not born in coffee. Personally, I can, I, to me, it's about uh, selling great coffees, but obviously, uh, be able to provide a better, better living for and a sustainable living for our for our team, for everyone that we can come in contact with. So that's something that we're very proud of. You know, we're small, but we're providing the best we can that we can do for for people by providing them with jobs, uh, twelve months rather than ten or nine months like some farms do. Yeah. So in order, some farms in order for them to cut cost, they will lay off. Uh, workers for about three months. Uh, we change that, right? So you you have people, your people that are working for you or with you, they are uh, basically uh, without a job for three months, right? Yeah. So they're in in these countries. Obviously, that is very tough. Right. That's, it's yeah. tough, right? So we we said right from the get go, was one of the changes that we implemented. We were like, we need to be able to be uh, let's do something different, right? It's it's. Um, Provide jobs for them all twelve months, and and literally it's a it's it's a walking in faith, right? Because you have uh, so many tons of coffee sitting in the warehouse in the mill, and you're literally like uh, betting on the future that that coffee will come to be appreciated, and people are gonna wanna buy it, right? People like El Celito and my friends at Grand Up Coffee in the in Montebello who have been outstanding supporters of the project. Did you guys so, start with El Celito? So I mentioned El Cielito because he's our first green buyer, okay. green coffee buyer. Uh, before him, we had uh, Rick's Produce and uh, on Virgil, he's uh, he's, uh, it's a, it's he's Hollywood. He's Hollywood, yeah. So he's a farmer, and uh, he decided to carry our coffee when he opened up his brick and mortar store. Uh, okay. Oh my God! I think and, I've like walked by that store i've never been into it and we're like why is rick and morty drawn all upon this store is it it's a small store but it has a lot of the rick and morty more morty like drawings and everything right or am i no 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 i mean it's um it's just uh it's produce inside you go yeah, okay sure. then maybe i'm thinking of something never yeah mind. No, yeah fine. but um, you're more than welcome to come and visit yeah, them though they're and really cool uh, the wonderful thing about rick was that he understood the struggles of farm like just he knew uh, that dynamics. side of it. Yeah, and he, um, and so he was definitely the person that uh, kind of gave us that, that leap into, right. into the market that we definitely needed. Right. Because we so, had a lot of coffee, but he didn't have anybody to buy it. Right. Okay. At the volume that he's doing it, right? So yeah. he's basically um, buying roasted coffee from us that tends to leave a, a little better margins. Right, then green selling green coffee, and then uh, we came to El Celito, thinking it was strictly Mexican, uh, kind of like El Celito, kind of has that Celito lindo connotation. So we thought, well, you know, let's check it out, and we came, and uh, even he was displaying already as a uh, pack from Cafe El Salvador. So we were kind of like taken back. It's like, yeah, he probably already has coffee. Maybe we should not offer him the coffee, but we needed a roaster. 
So that's how we approach uh, Daniel and be like, hey, do you want to roast for us? You know, we have a client that we need roasting service. Oh, okay. So then he was like, sure. And then he tasted our, co- our coffee beans and he really enjoyed it. So now it's here in Encelito. Wow. Yeah, that's but, interesting. Uh, yeah. That's interesting how that works. Yeah, and then our, obviously we are working with La Pupusa in downtown LA. La Pupusa Urban Eatery with Juan over there and the team. They're supporting us as well, part of the community. And then Salvadoran community, and then um, definitely Grand Up Coffee uh, in the, in Montebello. Tremendous support. So they're our biggest client right now, and they're definitely uh, through. I think through those uh, team players, we we are really uh, uh, starting to see the fruits of the labor yeah. <laughs> for the last <laughs> that has been taking almost like three years. So yeah, thank God we're going good. So it's crazy in business. Like there's like a cycle that every business has to go through. Where it's like the upstart. Now it's like you have to do all of this work, and then now eventually you end up with a product that you hope that people are gonna want to like embrace, or else like you feel like everything went to waste. And then you hit that point where like you grind and you grind and you grind, and you hit that point where you're like, okay, we're doing good. Like (laughs) we can breathe for like a minute. So it's crazy how like. Do you guys feel like you're at that stage now where like, okay, we're at a good spot, now we can do more? Yes. So, go ahead. I think we started with the really like, um, like simple objective. objective. So it was like, okay, we have all this coffee, now we have to find ways, you know, to sell it, right? Yeah. And so, um, that was like the most daunting aspect because when you realize that you have how many thousands of coffee sitting at Oregon, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, how are we going to get through this? Um, like, and how many people do we need to contact? How many, like, how much does each person, you know, have to consume, you know, so we can, at the end of harvest, you know, like, be done, like, yeah. be able to, to, to clear the warehouse. Um, so I think that was our in- initial issue, and I think now our issue is like maybe we don't have enough coffee you know like so it's interesting how like these are yeah these are like good problems to have but um it's pretty wonderful you know that how that can change yeah that's interesting no go ahead no just uh, i was just gonna say was it a shock to see how like everyone just embraced uh like your guys spotted I think one of the things that I was most surprised by was um, the response from the Salvadoran community. Like, it's something that you know and you don't know. Like, I know there's a huge Salvadoran community here in LA. Like, I know that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a big one over there in Maryland. You know, like, you know where they are, but I didn't know how, like, proud they were, you know, about their coffee or about, like, anything that pointed to, like, the culture and so that really surprised me like I know for myself like I was born here in LA my parents are both Salvadoran um, and they encourage kind of this love for El Salvador so I mean anything I would see Salvadoran I'd be like oh you know I'm interested I want to know more and I didn't realize that there was like obviously several other people who really felt that way as well and I think it's also just the movement of the time you know, everyone's kind of like interested in investigating like where we're from and what these countries are about, what is our culture about. So that's one of the things that surprised me about the support we got from the community. Yeah, definitely. A shout out to the Salvadorian community because, I mean, we hear stories of, you know, 
friends. I don't know if he's necessarily some of them, but they just come and buy two bags at a time. You know, or they just buy coffee yeah. from our from from here from Osilito. Yeah. We hear like stories from ground yeah, up saying, you know, we have a Salvadorian community. They, we we know they're all like we know who's Salvadorian because their eyes go directly to the coffee bag, yeah. and they're all like we just want that <laughs> <Right>. coffee. <laughs> so it's amazing. Like, buy something else. Like seeing El Salvador in the minute, you're like, that one, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's pretty surprising. Yeah, to, like, it is. Yeah. I think very united, yeah. very, very uh, tight knit community. Yeah. yeah. And at least for me as a Guatemalan, that's very surprising because I didn't, I haven't seen that in my Guatemalan community here in LA. So it's kind of like t- takes me a little bit back. Like, wow, okay. this is this is great. I don't. I'm just. I just moved out here from Utah in, in October. And I've been just blown away by a lot of the cultures that have just stood out to me, especially, yeah, the Salvadoran community has been something very outstanding. And to me, in in the way, as well with the Guatemalan culture, I think, because I've always leaned more towards the Guatemalan culture and um, just because I'm I'm always traveling out there and my family, that's mainly where they grew up. And so it's definitely, like, beautiful to see that. Like, have you seen the, more like the Guatemalan community out here? I feel like I have. Okay. I feel like a lot of the the people that I've connected with, just um, even when I first came out here, I think within November there was like a Guatemalan fest in LA. At, I don't know where in LA, but it was a festival, and I'm like, we have to go. Like you yeah. know, just seeing that, I was like, this is so mind blowing to me. So just. But maybe it's because my eye is just more inclined to seeing that, you know, right. it's more focused on that. Right. But I can definitely um, say that the first time I tried a Salvadoran coffee was with Tierra Mia. And it, it was years ago when I first moved, to, not even moved out here, when I first um, to visit. And I saw that they were selling Salvadoran coffee. And I'm like, what? Salvador sells coffee? <laughs> like, what is this? You know? I was like, because I was so confused. And, and they were like pea berries, too. They were like small. And I'm like, and I, at that time I was working at Starbucks. So I was like, wow, this is not like regular. Because like, to me, what Starbucks, that, that was like my key. You know, that was like, that's the key of how coffee is, how it looks. And when I saw that coffee, I'm like, I took it back, and I actually shared this story with Annie. Um, but yeah, I took it back to my Starbucks employees, and they're like, "This is weird. This is interesting coffee." Like, <laughs> and I like remember brewing a pour over for them, and they're like, "What is this?" But yeah, no, I mean, ever since then, I definitely lean more towards the Salvadorian coffee. So I don't know. Mine's like kind of in between. I love Guatemalan coffee, but I definitely prefer. You, you can you can have a new uh, a new blend that will just uh, release. It's called Entre Nos. Entre Nos? We did a blend of Guatemalan and yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I need it. So we need it. The best of both worlds. Yeah. Yes. Which is me. Because I'm mad. So I think we need to, besides promoting it more, uh, we did have it at Rick's Produce exclusively. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously because he carries our, our actual, like, our affect what you are okay. retail. So I, I think that's uh, one, that one retail, uh, I think uh, La Pupusa downtown LA and uh, online is our three, uh, where we, you can get our coffee with our Cafe Fayua uh, 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 retail. Cool. Obviously, uh, so yeah, so we'll make sure you get entre yeah. nos. So yeah, so just shout out to our friends in Guatemala. We went to the producers and uh, roasters conference in Guatemala City. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Well, that was just recently, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I, 
Okay. Yeah, okay. We, got, we got the pleasure to meet um, actually Henry from, uh, he's the... Um, Perfect Daily Grind. Uh, yeah, the, the, the founder, director of Perfect oh, Daily wow. Grind. So him and his team put this conference together. Yeah. Uh, met my, I, had a, I had a friend that just went there. He, um, I wonder, no, I don't know his... his yeah, I think oh, he nice. went to that forum because he was posting things about it. Cool. His name's Carlos Pascual. Oh, I don't know from, who he is. From where? He is. Um, I met him. It was funny because I was leaving Boston, and I was at George Howell, like oh, probably a few minutes away from the airport, and I was eating a cup of coffee. And he saw my hat, and I was wearing a Colombian hat. And he's like, "Eres colombiana," and I'm like, "No, no." And I, and I was speaking my Spanish, was all like butchered. And I'm like, "No, soy Guatemalteca, Salvadoreña." And he's like, "No, de veras." And we started talking, and we sat there for like a good hour talking about like he he produces coffee in, in Guatemala, but then he takes it to Taiwan. So he lives in Taiwan, and he works with a company in Taiwan, and just does that. But he hasn't he hasn't lived in Guatemala for like years now. But he I, he posted about it. Um, let me see if I can find him. Yeah. So we were down there, uh, met up with Henry, uh, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it gave us the opportunity to bring some coffee back with us. A very. Okay. We went to Finca San Martin, which belongs to our friends from. Uh, that we just here. Frank right? Kenny, right? Yeah, uh, okay. That's right. Kenny mm-hmm. Kenny from Arroyo uh, uh, Celeste. So we got some. We're working with him in Guatemala. His family. In his family, right? With his family, and okay. we brought some coffee. So we did a blend of of that Catuai and the uh, Catuai. You know, I think uh, I don't know, sixteen hundred meters. You know, delicious coffee, bright notes, and then uh, we we did some blend with some of our natural honey. So it's pretty. It's pretty bomb. It's pretty good. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got to. Uh, we have to give you some. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or you. For all of you. you yes. Have some. I mean, I won't say no to coffee. That's yeah, good. Definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's good. But yeah, we've seen definitely uh, the response of the community. Kind of like going back to the previous question. I think, um, especially in Los Angeles, we get to see this appreciation for kind of like a mindset, and that I think that's what's important in every business, right? To be able to change. The perception and the mindset of a specific whatever you're doing service or product mm-hmm. and i feel that this is a necessity it's out of necessity for us to be able to add that uh, value to product you know what i mean like yeah. to be able to say um it's not just a story it's an actual reality of let's say not only coffee but your clothing or or or, or tools that you're using right they're getting manufactured in other countries where maybe uh a more reasonable pay is necessary, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. as as you, maybe you will, maybe your listeners know, maybe they don't, right? Coffee industry it's in serious trouble right now, mm-hmm. right? That's because the uh, out of a hundred percent of coffee producers in the world, about eighty to eighty five percent are small coffee producers, small farmers. They don't have the volume that a big farm would have in order for them to make a living with a very very. Uh, uh, small payment for their cherries, coffee cherries, right? Especially if they don't understand what a specialty coffee looks like or what it tastes like, right? Compared to a commodity price coffee. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a very uh, intricate and very complex issue that uh, we want to be able to present again, uh, kind of like the option or what could be a potential uh, one one solution to the 
multiplicity of solutions that, that this problem can have, yeah. right? To be able to be that farm direct uh, uh, transaction yeah. in general. So that's something that, that we really want to educate a consumer, you know, to be able to consume ed ethical coffee, yeah. right? For those coffee houses that want to share a good quality cup of coffee by while paying uh, an honest, an honest uh, price for that coffee as well. And I think that's hard right now, especially in, in these saturated areas that I think are coming about. I mean, I'm I'm from I'm I live in Long Beach, right? And at Rose Park we have Fourth Street, and then a little bit of ways we have Commodity, then we have Steelhead, then we have. Lord Winsler and it's like it's just so saturated and I think that's that when I saw that when I actually first handedly experienced it I was like nope I don't want a coffee shop I don't want a coffee shop at all because it's I don't want to add to the saturation I don't want to contribute to the decline of of what this industry is going towards because I think I mean and that's the question that I asked Annie was what are you doing different than all the other coffee shops? Because a oh. lot, of, you know, and and he went off. He went yeah, off, and I thought it was great <laughs> because he gave me a perspective where I'm like, okay, that's. I think if you are full on wanting to open a coffee shop, like more power to you. My perspective has always been, if that's your, if that's what you want to do, how can we contribute all that as well to our communities? Not just bring it because we want to bring aesthetic. You know, I think aesthetic is nice. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these shops are very like aesthetically pleasing, um, and the coffee most of the time that I've at least experienced has been good as well. But it's like, what are we contributing to the community? What are we adding to our culture or our uh, our farmers? You know, and and I think that's like, in a way, it's gotten lost in these saturated areas where it's like, nope, I just want a coffee shop with nice aesthetic areas so yeah, I can post definitely. on Instagram and, yeah. and I mean if that's your thing go for it but it, it sucks because it's you know there's so much more to this this coffee you know there's families there's there's kids that work on these farms at times you know and like I know cousins that work on these farms and don't go to school because they're like I just need I, I can work my older like sister can't because she's disabled or my mom can't because she's past the age of getting a job in these countries, you know, right. and, and it sucks. So it's like these kids have to work. Or there's, even as baristas, I think, as a barista, I've definitely have seen the decline of how I've come from a corporate aspect, which is Starbucks, they take care of their partners, financially, hourly, uh, benefits, uh, stocks, 401k, school, uh, they pay for my Spotify, you know, things like that. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> most important thing. <laughs> most important. So it's like, it's very like... See it every day. It's like, I love that. But I also don't love the other side of it where they don't, like, ethically, how are they sourcing these coffees? How are they... What are they doing behind this, you know? Or um, how much are... How are they running as a corporate now on a specialty end? I love how they're running with the coffee ethically and with their purpose, especially Rose Park, but the pay is, sucks. Like, it really, really does suck. And thankfully, I'm in love with coffee and I'm not in it for the money, you know, in a way. Because if it was, I mean, I probably should move out of California. Because <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah, it is. It is expensive. 
it's definitely like um, it's a hard it's a hard situation and I think trying to explain that to new baristas coming in expecting full-time job at these shops because I just became an assistant manager at Rose Park and now trying to explain to them your hours are gonna get cut and they're expecting 40 hours and I'm like I can't and they're all mad and they're all wanting to like quit or or I don't blame them I mean that's their full-time job but it's like it's just kind of how the business works you know with all well, that being said oh, I'm sorry uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say something really quick with all that being said it's kind of hard like to see it from like that perspective like just barely getting into the industry like as a barista mm -hmm. or like you don't see the big picture yet or like you have to understand that we have to take care of farmers but then also take care of the people here that are serving the coffee where it's like it's this whole big like cycle that like people don't see because they're used to going to like these big corporate coffee shops instead of like going to like specialty shops and they see and they learn about all this stuff and i feel like it's gonna get to a point where people are gonna see that more often if we continue to talk about it and they're gonna understand like oh these places are kind of shallow yeah in like a in like an ethical sense where like it looks nice but like it's a very ugly background that it like it gets yeah. to this point yeah right and that's something that i wanted to mention that's what i, I alluded to in terms of like culture change so uh, we would like to think of uh, what the future of coffee trading will become. If, uh, obviously you mentioned it happens at the barista level, uh, just specifically, right, in terms of industries. We're taking coffee, for example, but coffee's a crop, it's a commodity. And I'm pretty sure it happens with sugar, it probably happens with cacao, it happens with anything else that is uh, of value, right, in terms of, of commercial value. But. Um, uh, specifically for coffee, uh, it's, it's really, um, it's a culture change that we're going through right now. It needs to happen in the industry for it to, to kind of like differentiate your, ourselves, right? Yes, you're going to have, uh, I think, a market that will always be saturated, but we hope that, you know, through, through how are we going to differentiate ourselves, like Alcelito has in this terms and ground up, is in and rick is that we are going uh kind of like be able to run a model based on values rather than profits right so when when we put value uh, obviously we can be making more money right like if i was to cut three months of labor from our people our farmers our farm workers right there's farms that do that you know they'll cut three months you know no problem like they don't care they, 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 the bottom line, their value is the bottom line. For us, our value is uh, basically having people just have a, you know, have a kind of like what a sustainable life, yeah, have a job security, yeah. right? So we, so we run Cafe Huayua like we're actually over there in the farm. What we want to see yeah. how will people will treat us, right? And when we align ourselves with values, I think we're gonna be able to. To cross cultures and cross and cross different boundaries, different walls, right? That, that may be presenting themselves uh, in in that case. So, I, I feel like um, the more like I, I actually said this in the conference, you know, in the open forum, they asked, how can we encourage you know coffee coffee shops to you know to for them to understand what's happening at origin, which is very critical. It's extremely critical. I don't think people really grasp what's really going down in what's happening in our countries, 
in, throughout Latin America, in the coffee-producing countries, right, where you spend, uh, let's say, it costs you $2, $2.50, and then they want to pay you uh, just to produce a pound of coffee, and then they want to pay you half a dollar. How can you, how can you yeah. take... <laughs> because the stock market... Because the stock market dictates you know. that, right? And, yeah. and, and we're fortunate enough that we're here, you know, like, how many farmers don't have direct access to market? Right? How do they deal with that? So it's an it's, it's it has to happen. A culture care has to happen. And if any of your listeners can uh, can drink coffee, uh, I encourage them to to really rethink. You know, like or you know, do a quick Google search about coffee industry or, or uh, situation in coffee, and they will be able to read what's happening throughout the world. Right, and, and just to be able to be mindful consumers. And that will help us bring sustainability to to this to the coffee industry, I think, and especially to a farmer. I can speak, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, how you have to do, it. Yeah. you know. So just bringing it how it is. Yeah, so. definitely. Yes, drink locally. Drink locally. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm always posting about where to go. So yeah, those that are listening, I think drinking locally is very um, a great thing to do. Um, like I said earlier, in, in a long run, my my dreams would definitely be to like live in Guatemala and live on a farm and produce jobs to my family. Like my dad is 56 and he's out of a job and he can't have a job right now. It's like my brother that you know he knows both English and Spanish and he he's struggling with jobs in between. So like things like that, like you know, it's definitely been a, a goal for me for the long run to produce like wanting to go out and invest into land out there and produce mm-hmm. like jobs not only coffee great coffee but yeah, you know jobs, yeah. jobs. And, and that's why like every time we go back it's it's really nice to like meet up with these farmers we've met before and um and just connect and and i don't even take coffee stuff to them i take like things for their kids like like whether it's clothing um we're taking books to them uh i want to i want to take and supply the, one of the farmers that i met in Antigua with some books you know because last time he was like I was letting him I was working with Starbucks last time I like talked to him and he was like so he was barely getting into it so he was himself like still like this is so new to me like I'm just producing coffee like this is just like a garden to me I guess you could say and so I'm like it was just interesting to me that I knew a little bit more than he did when I was just at Starbucks, you know, and now if I know, if I knew everything I know now back then, I would have been like, oh my God, you need to do this, you need, you know, like all these little fun nicknames, or even if I knew the people I know now, I'd be like, you need to get connected with them and talk to them, they will pay this much for your coffee and they will help you and, um, you know, things like that where it's like, I, I, it's a goal for me and I'm hoping people that are right behind me as well or next to me um, here at Latinx, or like, we're, that's what we focus on, and like helping these people, and not necessarily just in coffee. Like we said earlier with like the project we're doing, like my teacher, how can we provide sources that are gonna give her this, like the capacity, you know, to do what she's doing correctly, you know, mm-hmm. and not let these little things that are outside of her control affect her. So things like that, I, I think that's like a big goal in, in Latinx, and I think it was a big reason why we started this too. Yeah, to help people, to bring people together, and yeah, open cross, doors, crossing and, cultures. Like and I, crossing I really cultures. like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I like that term a lot. Yeah, 
Sorry, we're gonna be using yeah. that a lot. No, it's yeah, okay. Now we're gonna make shirts out of it. Yeah. yeah. That's it's gonna be the Latin X costume culture. We definitely believe in that too because um had we not been here, you know, in LA to to share this coffee, to like be able to communicate with roasters and coffee shop owners, like um, I don't know what would have become of our, our farm. Oh, like you know, so like, you know that like we're skipping over like a lot of like history, like coffee yeah. in Latin America, colonialism. Yeah. You know, then yeah. it's huge. Like I always like when I sit here and I think, how do I explain the dynamics of this? <laughs> issue you know 200 years of history right like um in in a couple sentence so i mean the farms were struggling to be sustainable you know it's Mm -hmm. one harvest like you as a farmer you pin all your hopes on that one harvest that you'll produce enough right that you'll get a good pay that you'll Mm -hmm. sell it well and then be able to cover your costs and then maybe have a little bit um that hasn't happened in a very long time in our farm and so we had the advantage of being here and connecting those two, right? Like going across those borders and, and being like, we can actually do this part. Yeah. And, um, and just like you guys, right? Like things that somebody else might not have the advantage or privilege to do, like yeah. you can do and, and bring and take back that like help back home. And, and it's this beautiful synergy and dynamics that really creates something can create something beautiful and positive. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I said, um, I think it was in our cultural series that we did, I said something that till this day I really think about it all the time. Within our cultures, we really, like there's borders between all of us and there's always chaos between all of us. Like we said earlier <laughs> when we first started this. Um, and we, when we come to the States, you know, a lot of us bring those borders with us. Like, and those borders are like chains that are holding us like mm-hmm. from doing this you know and I think if you guys mainly goes for you because you came here to the states and I guess for your parents that came here mm-hmm. like you could have you guys could have just stayed in those chains and been like no para que voy a ayudar a aquellos you know and why sometimes like I you know I I'm a financial help for my father and, and it's hard it's hard especially yeah, it living it here in the, in the states I'm like me llama and he's like, hey, mija, me mandas algo. It's such an immigrant, like, I feel like, dynamic. Ah, and I'm like, man, I was so excited that I made an, uh, an extra hundred dollars this check. Right. But okay, I te lo voy a mandar. You know, things like that. You know, I we could have chosen to, like, hold those borders and, like, no, para que, you know, this money, I'm here, it's a new life. Right. But it's like, we decide to break those chains and, right. like, and, and reach out and cross those cultures. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the fact that you use the analogy chains, you know, because it's, it's liberating, right, to mm-hmm. be able to help others. Uh, I think we were listening to a researcher, a psychological researcher, mm-hmm. you know, that the reward of the brain is sometimes to give, it's, it's actually to give, it's not to keep to yourself, but right, to our, give. Our, our mind tells us, oh, if I treat myself well, like I don't feel good, I'm going to treat myself to something, I'll feel better. The reality is, like, the research shows that it's really the opposite. Like, when I give someone else something, like, you know, when I buy someone else a cup of coffee or treat someone else, like, the reward is better. And I think that's pretty incredible, you know, as humans were wired them. Yeah, yeah. So I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Um, So, yes, I think it's definitely liberating to be able to, um, at least for me, it's a joy. 
you know, it's yeah. a joy to be able to go back to Central America, yeah. to be able to go, I mean, I, I, like I said, I left when I was 14, mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of got stuck here literally for, <laughs> you know, people, you know, the, the current administration, they want to send people back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they got me. I was, I was a fluke or something, you know. <laughs> they, they and like I just got stay. stuck here for 10, 10 years. Yeah. You know, by the time I was able to go back home, I wanted to leave. <laughs> I wanted to go back to Guatemala yeah. at that yeah. age. It's like yeah. amazing times to go to be in Central America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, things happen for a reason. So now we get to go back and uh, really uh, and enjoy enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy yeah. our, our culture. Yeah. But definitely, um, that's that's our journey. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. So, that is really awesome. So yeah, um, uh, so our plans right now are to continue, you know, continue uh, growing in every way we can um, uh, with the coffee, um, keep working more land. We have to downsize because of the economic s- struggle that we were having in 2016, mm-hmm. literally one of the farms or half of one of the more than half of one of the farms was not being worked so all that old trees you know that uh not old but i want to say old it's a good thing because we retain a lot of that old bourbon that it's that uh, it's, it's that was being sembrado while other cro- other varieties would come in you know if you're into coffee you know you differentiate yeah. between varieties uh yeah. bourbon it's an heirloom variety that, that it's very well respected very good it yields a very good uh, uh, cup uh, of coffee so that's something that the industry now values right like yeah. the industry is going for like oh let me have a, it's only bourbon crop it's only pacamara or it's only catuai uh, or it's only a catura you know so you have all of these coffee varieties and they just want that specific and they are placing value to that one single variety well, for us, it kind of worked kind of like... It was a happy accident. It was a um, happy accident. I mean, <laughs> one, because, um, like, obviously, you need a lot of... You need a certain amount of resources to work the land, and so there wasn't enough, so a lot of that stayed like that. The second also was that um, the government in El Salvador supplies farmers with different kind of varieties um, that are resistant, let's say, to... To rust. Say, right, the coffee rust to, yeah. you know, other things. And they're not necessarily the best, don't have the best um, cup quality. And so because of what has gone on in El Salvador, um, like for our families and then the war, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of kind of movement in, in some of the farms. And so we've got to preserve these, uh, this heirloom variety, these bourbon trees that are like 30, 40, you know, wow. years old. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I think that's like a good spot to like end our segment. I don't know if you guys, if you have any questions. Any questions? Did you have anything that you wanted to ask or any comments, Melanie? You know, <laughs> hearing all this stuff. No, not that I can think of. It's, just, it's a lot of information. Yeah. Really good information to take in and yeah. learn from. Yeah. Or do you guys have any questions for us or? No, we just want to like kind of come, uh, kind of compliment you for your great job you yeah. know we've seen some of your episodes on instagram and, uh, i mean on on, on spotify mm-hmm. so it looks like yeah def- definitely you know good product coming out you know something that we uh, kind of like put for thought 
you know, yeah. for our communities to really think about and be informed. Yeah. So thank you so much yeah, for that. And thank you yeah, for inviting us to be part of this. We're super yeah. excited. Yeah, thank definitely. Yeah. I'm going to have to go do an internship at your farm or yes, something. Yes, please do. <laughs> please do. <laughs> oh, you would love oh, that. Oh, my God, yeah. I would die to have that. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know when you're, yeah. when you're yeah. making plans to go to El Salvador. Yeah. Um, definitely next year. I, I, I haven't really explored much of El Salvador. Okay. I've been like, we don't have much family there now. I mean, I, I do. I guess like, I, but my I, mom at least. Yeah, I do, but I've, it's been like 10 years since I've gone. What well, part of El Salvador? Um, Pupitepec is a small oh, part, and then my mom yeah. is from San Salvador. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I've only been to... To San Salvador, and as soon as I entered the capital, I threw up. <laughs> I, had, I had some like bad water before. It was bad. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> they probably gave it to you on the airplane. Yeah, it was bad. I was like, nobody sick. take that personal. <laughs> <laughs> it loves El Salvador. It's just a bad day. That sucks. Bad, yeah. 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 No, it was bad. It was. Um, we were going into the city to buy producto. My, our aunt that we're producing, we're providing some stuff for. She has a little market in Esquipulas, and so they'll go to El Salvador and buy product. And Esquipulas and Huayu are kind of connected because of the same Cristo Negro that they have, and so they do a lot of pilgrimages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, historically, there's always been that cross with Guatemala and El Salvador close to the border, and so it was only like four hours away, I think, the most. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, my dad said he was gonna take me to Esquipulas to a farm there and to like some friends he knows. And I'm like, I'm excited. All right, Let's see what I'm in for. So definitely, yeah. But um, well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll still stay in contact. And I think once I uh, start getting a little bit more aligned with this assistant management position, I'll definitely have to start purchasing some coffee from you guys and yeah. uh, roasting and my like I said there's just so many goals that are connecting within like my vision mm-hmm. and um, essentially I would like to start roasting like a good line of my own coffee and then a good percentage going back into the community and so well, that's within yeah. time within time yeah, so definitely. they say we would like to be part of that project yeah yeah I would, I would love, love to yeah, yeah. that would be awesome so yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much, yeah, and um, thank you. Yeah, thank we'll you guys. definitely stay in contact. So, yeah, bye, boy. Bonus.